0: Thank you and welcome to Scripture on Creation. I'm Scott Kump. And I'm Dr. Ben Scripture. Dr. Scripture, one of the descriptions you have given about your Scripture on Creation ministry is that it is dedicated to promoting the glory of God declared in Scripture and displayed in creation. Mm -hmm. And in today's program, we're going to look at a number of Scriptures which do just that.
1: Yes, Scott. I was prompted to think about the idea... After reading a devotional thought in Days of Praise, which is the daily devotion published by ICR, the Institute for Creation Research. And I highly recommend that devotional as a daily reading, which considers a verse or short passage from the Bible, as well as thoughts which generally focus on the theme of creation.
0: And Days of Praise is just one of a number of good daily devotional readings available. Oh, for
1: sure. Our Daily Bread is really popular, published by Our Daily Bread Ministries, which actually used to be RBC Ministries. Yes, that just happened very recently. I
0: saw the email just today. (laughs) They (laughs) They changed their name, yeah. And then there's
1: Choice Gleanings. That's another excellent daily devotion published by Gospel Folio Press. And, you know, Scott, one of my personal favorites is called Links Daily Devotional. It's published by Links Players International.
0: I don't think I've heard of that one before, but it sounds like something related to golf. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, it is, Scott. <laughs> oh, okay. And for those who have been listening to the program for a while, they know I indeed enjoy playing golf. That's true. Well, there's an excellent Christian organization of golfers, amateurs, and pros alike called Lynx Players International, which sponsors all kinds of golf-related activities to encourage believers and their acquaintances in the things of the Lord. And one of the things it does is publish the Lynx Daily Devotional, which considers some aspect of the game of golf, and then it relates it to a verse or principle from the Bible, Hmm. drawing a spiritual lesson from it. (laughs)
0: Like iron uh, sharpening irons? I haven't read one like that. (laughs) okay. (laughs)
1: So for me as a golfer, I especially enjoy the variety of spiritual principles that can be
0: illustrated. You'd be surprised how many can be illustrated using the anecdotes from the game of golf. And of course, the same can be said about so many aspects of creation, such that a daily devotion like days of praise never runs out of material to point us to the creator, whether through his word or the creation itself. Exactly, Scott. And one of the best known verses that speaks directly to
1: that fact, that creation points to the Creator, is Psalm 19.1, a verse that we've repeated many times on this program. The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. Now, that's the New American Standard Bible translation. Other translations say, the heavens declare the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And I like that word, declare. It Just has more of a dynamic sense to it. But I also like the expression of the New American Standard Bible, which emphasizes the ongoing nature of the Declaration of Creation. As it says, the heavens are telling, and their expanse is declaring. And that is indeed the sense of the Hebrew the process is continual. It started back on day four of creation and has been going on every night since. Hmm. What a magnificent choir praising God!
0: Dr. Scripture, when you use the word magnificent, it makes me think of the word majestic. Ah, the same root, I think. <laughs> which is the word David used in Psalm 8 to describe pretty much the same idea he was inspired to write in Psalm 19. He begins Psalm 8 by saying, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is thy name in all the earth, who hast displayed thy splendor above the heavens.
1: Yes, it is the same concept, isn't it? It is a concept that's repeated over and over again in Scripture. So what I want to do for the remainder of our program today is read and consider biblical references of the creation pointing to and even talking about their creator. We've already mentioned Psalm 19 and Psalm 8. Listen to what Psalm 69 verse 30 and verse 34 says. I will praise the name of God with song and shall magnify him with thanksgiving. Let heaven and earth praise him the seas, and everything that moves in them. So who do you think wrote that, Scott?
0: Well, I think it'd probably be pretty safe to say David. <laughs> right. Okay, David wrote Psalm 69. It seems
1: like he's wrote so many psalms with a yeah. creation emphasis. But we shouldn't think that David was the only biblical author who understood the concept that creation praises the creator. We don't know the author of Psalm 93, but listen to some of these verses from that Psalm. The Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord has clothed and girded himself with strength. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their pounding waves. Thy testimonies are fully confirmed. Holiness befits thy house, O Lord, forevermore. So this psalm refers to the testimony of the oceans. And when you think about the waves crashing on the shore, it's a powerful testimony, isn't it? I think the illusion is who could possibly stop the waves from pounding against the shore, you know? It's just those kinds of things that are out of our control and demonstrate the power and control of God. And another powerful psalm that speaks of the testimony of creation is Psalm 96. Another psalm that we don't know who the author is. Listen to verses 10 through 13 of Psalm 96. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all it contains. Let the field exult and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness.
0: Now, these verses refer not only to creation speaking of God, but it sounds like it will sing for joy as though the creation will be glad when God comes to judge the world.
1: Well, I think that's exactly what the psalm is indicating, Scott. The creation is longing, in essence, to be healed, Hmm. to be redeemed, to have the mess that it's in now fixed. Remember, it was a result of the sin of Adam. In other words, the sin of man, Mm -hmm. that God cursed the ground. In other words, the rest of creation. And creation looks forward to the day that God redeems not only man, but all creation. You know, that's what Romans 8.20 is referring to. I was thinking of that. Listen to what it says. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but because of him who subjected it. That's speaking of God subjecting Mm -hmm. the creation to corruption who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. Now, often we sort of think of that with respect to the suffering of man. Mm. But this passage very clearly is pointing out that the entire creation is groaning, is suffering until God sets it right. It's no wonder then that in Psalm 96, it says, Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all it contains. Let the field exult. That means jump up (laughs) and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming, for he is coming to judge the earth. And that is something that actually the creation is joyfully looking forward to. Then in light of that psalm, listen to what Psalm 145, verses 10 and 11 says, "...all thy works shall give thanks to thee, O Lord, and thy godly ones shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power." Now, I would say that giving thanks to God and talking about his power amounts to praising God, wouldn't you? (laughs) I guess so. So what Psalm 148 then does, a few psalms later after Psalm 145, is it calls upon all creation to praise their creator. Listen to Psalm 148, starting at verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. "'Praise Him, sun and moon. "'Praise Him, all stars of light. "'Praise Him, highest heavens and the waters "'that are above the heavens. "'Praise the Lord from the earth, "'sea monsters and all deeps, Hmm. "'fire and hail, snow and clouds, "'stormy wind, fulfilling His word, "'mountains and all hills, "'fruit trees and all cedars, "'beasts and all cattle.'" Creeping things and winged fowl. But that just about includes it all, doesn't it? <laughs> Not much left out there. The psalmist telling everything to praise the
0: Lord. Well, Dr. Scripture, after reading that from Psalm 148, I think the very last verse of the entire book of Psalms is essentially a summary of all the verses we've been reading in the Psalms. Huh. The last verse of Psalm 150 says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Scott, you know what praise the Lord is a translation of, don't you? Yes. uh, Hallelujah. That's
1: (laughs) right. Yeah. So let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And that idea of everything that has breath, which includes not only man, but all living, breathing creatures, even includes those that refuse to praise him now. Mm. Remember what Psalm 96 said about all creation, that it was going to shout for joy because the Lord was coming to judge the earth. And when he does, Philippians 2:10 and 11 reveals what will happen. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we're told here that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. That is going to happen, and that happens what is being described here in the judgment. Now, in the day that this passage in Philippians is talking about, it's not going to require any faith to confess that Jesus is Lord (laughs) because you're going to be standing right before him, and it's going to be quite obvious. But the point is that it is by faith now that we can and need to confess Jesus as Lord. And there is just so much around us to indicate that. The theory of evolution tries to present all these arguments against the need for a creator, but down in the heart of man's heart, he knows that these things can't have just happened by themselves. So
0: when we say faith, we're not talking about stumbling around in the dark.
1: No, we're not talking about some blind, ignorant leap. We are talking about a childlike faith in that everything won't be explained to us. I mean, how did God do it? How did he just speak? And there's light. How did he just speak and the earth brought forth? And yet that is reasonable to understand that that is the best explanation. Mm-hmm. It's the only explanation. And so that great creator insists upon a step of faith, a step of faith, not only to believe that he is the creator, but more importantly, in the sense of salvation, to confess that we're a sinner, we need God's forgiveness, and that the Lord Jesus Christ died for our sins on the cross and raised from the dead. There's another example of one of those steps of faith what we must take, that God indeed raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And based on that step of faith in trusting the the Lord Jesus Christ, as our Savior from our sins, we will stand before him that day, having already bowed the knee and made that confession that Jesus Christ is Lord.
0: It's a question of whether you're going to bow that knee with joy or with dread.
1: Yeah, that's a great way to put it, by faith or by essentially force. I mean, there's not going to be any arguing with God. There's not going to be any saying, hey, but, you know, (laughs) it's going to be there you are before the Lord. So, listener, Let me ask you, have you confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord now? Because you will someday. Someday, no one will be able to deny it. And if you are denying him today, I plead with you to look around at all creation. It is testifying to the fact that he is Lord and creator. Listen to creation and let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And that's not what I say. That's what scripture says.